Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Everything USC podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with the show for every team in LA and so much more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? I'm your host, Nara Wang, and in episode 31, I've got a pair of guests for you. They helped the 2021 USC Women's Beach Volleyball team to win the NCAA championship over those crosstown rival Bruins back in May, so it's an honor for me to have Joy Dennis and Sammy Slater on the Everything USC podcast. Joy and Sammy, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. And of course, if you enjoy listening to the podcast, you can subscribe and rate it wherever you get your favorite podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, and more, or go right to the website, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media, at Believe Podcasts. For me, you can find and follow me on Twitter, I am at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Join Sammy. Do you guys have social media you want to get out there? Yes, you can follow me at joydennis underscore on Instagram. And then you can follow me on Instagram as well at sammy underscore slater9. And you can follow the USC Beach account at USC Beach Volleyball on Instagram. The Everything USC podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. The month of June is heating up with a ton of exciting sports action, and Bet Online is where you can find it. From basketball and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So, before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Obviously, we're going to get to winning the national title out in Gulf Shores, Alabama during the course of this episode. But first, I want to take it back just a little bit with Sammy Slater and Joy Dennis to get the insight into the steps that led to eventually winning the championship in 2021. I'll start a couple years ago when legendary coach Anna Collier decides to retire and Dane Blanton is named to replace her. Both of you played for Coach Collier, and in fact, Joy, you won a NC2A title as a freshman in 2017 under her tutelage. So what was the feeling among you two and the team when she steps away and Coach Blanton takes over? I mean, it was actually a very nice transition because Dane Blanton had coached under Anna for several years, and a lot of the tactics and the tendencies were the same. It was very smooth. I know that Anna acted as a mentor for Dane and would help him through his coaching, but it was kind of a bittersweet moment because most of us grew up with like being recruited by Anna Collier, being coached by Anna Collier. I was coached by Anna Collier for two, maybe three years, and then seeing her around in high school even. So, I mean, to not see her every day, it was something that was definitely a big change for us. Yeah, I think it was definitely a big change for everyone, especially not only did we lose our head coach, but we also lost a lot of our teammates and stuff like that. So I think it was kind of a rebirth for USC Beach Volleyball, which is obviously bittersweet, like Joy said. 
because we lost an amazing head coach that we all really loved, but we got a new coach that was just a different style. And it was kind of interesting to see how we were able to make that transition and really grow as a team. So of course, the first season under coach Dane Blanton is the 2020 season. But we all know what happened with the crazy 2020. It was cut short by a pandemic. And then, of course, there's the social justice movement that's built up following George Floyd's murder in May of last year. So how was it dealing with a coaching change and then a pandemic and then all of the stuff that happened in that crazy year of 2020? I personally am very grateful for all of the things that happened in 2020. Without the pandemic, I wouldn't have been able to come back. So I wouldn't be able to take a fifth year. I wouldn't be able to get my master's degree. I wouldn't have been able to have met so many great people who joined the team this year. And I wouldn't, of course, have been able to join a natty. And then on the topic of social justice, I think it was really upsetting that it does take tragedy sometimes to draw people's attention to the importance of being socially aware of social injustices in our country. But that tragedy spurred a lot of movement within the university, within universities across the country, within different social organizations on how we should be paying attention to these things and how we can get involved and how best to educate ourselves and educate others. So while we are upset that this is a tragedy and that it took tragedy to get there, I have seen a lot of people come closer and come closer to educating themselves and spreading awareness of the justice movement through that tragedy, basically. Yeah, along with Joy, what she said in the beginning about how she was able to get her master's, I'm doing that next year, which I would have not had the opportunity to. And just being able to meet a lot of people and kind of grow stronger with our team, being in a pandemic setting, we made sure like after our season got canceled, Dane made it a huge priority for us to meet weekly on Zoom, even if there was nothing really new to talk about. And after the George Floyd killing, basically, we came together as a team and had a really honest discussion about racial injustice as a team, which I, it was a really difficult conversation to have. I bet Joy could attest to that, but I think it was really good to open a lot of our eyes because beach volleyball is not a super racially diverse sport. So a lot of people kind of just had never even had any experience with that. So I think Dane did a really good job and Joy as a captain, kind of opening everyone's eyes to that and having a really frank discussion in that regard. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, Joy, specifically because you are one of the few African-American athletes in the sport of beach volleyball. You have a coach who's one of the few African-American coaches in the sport of beach volleyball and really one of the legends of beach volleyball, an Olympic gold medalist. So do you think that having you, having Dane really helped guide this team because of your perspectives? I can't speak for Dane and what he has been through, but I can speak to what I've experienced and I can say that I've used my experiences. I know Sammy, you can attest this, but when everything was going down, I sent a text to the team and I was like, Hey, it's kind of difficult to put yourself in the shoes of black people right now. So if you have any questions, if you have any, anything you want to know, please reach out and please ask me from my point of view. And I will give you a straight frank answer from my opinion. And I think that was very helpful through the educational process, just because I was kind of like a resource point. And especially in those meetings, like people could see like what it really is like. It's tough because I did also grow up in the sport of beach volleyball and there are not as many African-American players in the sport of beach volleyball. Like there is Dane, Jenny Johnson, Jordan, myself, and then there's a couple sprinkled around throughout the Pac-12. So there's no real reference point. So I think Dane and I took the role of being a reference point and an educator throughout the time of 
social justice movements this past summer. Sammy, you mentioned about how Coach was putting you guys on Zooms weekly just to stay connected and everything, but how difficult was it for you guys to being on your own and separated to practice, stay in shape, stay motivated with everything that's going on? I think honestly, a huge thing that helped us be successful in our season this year was what people were doing on their own. Like we all had faith in each other to go out there and stay in shape however we could, whether we were at home or at school. And we eventually started like trying to be in small groups when the COVID policies allowed and going down to the beach and just making it a big priority to stay in shape, not only to come into the spring as if we had had a full like five month off season, like we normally do, but also just kind of to build that trust in our team and be like, Hey, if she's working hard, that means I got to be working just as hard as she is. I definitely agree with Sammy. It was a little tough, but there was a lot of frequent chat and group messages like, Hey, here's a quick workout you can try. Hey, I found this yoga session and everyone would hop on zoom. We were at one point six feet apart in a park doing whatever workouts we could. I think I had like three minivans and a medicine ball. And I was like, we're going to make it work. And everyone was in the same boat, but it was so much fun because nobody had a negative attitude throughout the entire process. Everyone was like, it is what it is. And we're just going to do what we can with what we've got. And I think that's what made it so great. After all of that, what was the feeling amongst the group heading into the 2021 season? I think that everyone just wanted to put their heads down and had the ultimate goal of one united team fighting as a unit. And we came out super, super strong. I think we won our first 13 matches straight. And then we had a little bit of a lineup change due to like injury and stuff like that. And we got a couple losses, but we came back together as a team and said, hey, what do we need to do? What can we learn from this? which I think honestly helped us in the end because when we did get in tight matches in Gulf Shores, we were able to pull them out because we had been in that situation before and we had learned from our losses ultimately. I think speaking to that too, another thing that was very helpful for us that we had from the first match all the way until the last match was something I like to call blinders. Everyone kept their blinders on. It takes three people to win a game and your court, you got to focus on your court. You can't look left and right, check your friend's score, you keep your head down and you win your game and then you get a point for the team and then go cheer on your teammates. So everybody had those kind of blinders on, take care of your job and then move on to the next. This is the Everything USC podcast, episode 31. I'm Nara Wang and today I am joined by Joy Dennis and Sammy Slater, two of the USC women's beach volleyball squad that won the national championship this year. It is, of course, A pleasure to have them on, and if you want to catch this podcast, you can go to wherever you get your favorite podcast, download, subscribe, and rate it. You can also go directly to the website, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media, at Believe Podcast. If you want to catch up with me, all things USC and other sports, go to Twitter, at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Why don't you let them know where they can catch up with you, Joy and Sammy. Hi, you can catch up with me on Instagram at joydennis underscore. And you can catch up with me on Instagram as well at Sammy underscore Slater nine. And if you want to catch up with USC Beach, you can follow them on Instagram at USC Beach Volleyball. The Everything USC podcast is brought to you by Moink. Meat so delicious, you'll love it and want to get Moink right now. Moink was founded by an 8th generation farmer who was featured on Shark Tank, 
where Kevin O'Leary said it's the best bacon he's ever tasted. Why do just four companies control 80% of the U.S. meat industry? Because big food crushes the little guy. You can help change that with moinkbox.com. Why are 97% of the chickens served in the U.S. dipped in chlorine? Simple, because big food doesn't have the same quality standards as the family farm. That's why you need moinkbox.com. The best bacon, the best steak, the best chicken, and the best salmon you'll ever eat won't come from the grocery store. You'll only find it on the family farm and caught by independent Alaskan fishermen. That's why you need moinkbox.com. Join the Moink movement today. Go to moinkbox.com slash believe right now and listeners to this show get free bacon for a year with every box ordered. That's one year of the best bacon you'll ever taste, but for a limited time. Spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com slash B-L-E-A-V. That's moinkbox.com slash believe. All right, Joy and Sammy, let's dive into the whole 2021 season. You guys were ranked number four to start the season and quickly moved up to number one during that 13-match win streak that Sammy mentioned that you began the season with. Did you believe from the start of the season that you guys had what it took to win a national championship? And if not, when did you start to get that belief? I believed from the moment... (laughs) When our season ended last year and Dane asked me, Joy, do you want to come back and do a fifth year? Because you have that option to do an extra year of eligibility because of COVID. That's when I was like, yeah, absolutely. I believe 100%. Why wouldn't I want to be a part of this team? This is a winning team. I thought that from day one all the way up to final match. I totally agree with Joy. From the moment we even had like informal practices in the fall. You could just see how driven everyone was and how focused they were on winning. And I think that like the biggest thing we kept being like, we can't get overconfident. Like we know we have good talent, but we need to have the grit and like the mental focus to keep with that. And I think from the first match we had, you could just see everyone was taking it one match at a time, focus on your court, which really I think you need to be a championship team. Obviously, in the sport of beach volleyball in college, you play matches with five pairs within each match. And obviously, the team that wins three is the team that wins the duel. And so, Joy, you were paired up with freshman Delaney Maple for all but two matches. And you were the number four pair on that. And then the Norse twins, Audrey and Nicole, were the number five pair all season. But we saw a change kind of midway through the year after dropping a couple of duels at home against Florida State and LSU. We saw the changes to the top three pairs where, Sammy, you had been paired with Tina Gradina at the number one pair for the first part of the season, and it had been Julia Scholes or Haley Harward with Megan Kraft at number two, and then at number three, it was mostly Haley Hallgren and Megan Kraft. So there was a lot of movement maybe between two and three, but then Coach Bland decides on April 10th at the Pac-12 North Invitational to change it up and make the number one pair, Tina and Megan. Sammy, you move to number two with Julia Scholes, and then the number three team becomes the H-bomb, H-squared, Haley, Harward, Haley, Hallgren. So I'm going to go with Sammy first on this. How did you feel when Coach Bland decides to mix it up and move you to the number two pair with Julia instead of staying with you and Tina who had been doing pretty well. You had won your first 12 right off the bat, and then you lost the last three together. 
So what was your feeling when he comes to you and says, we're making the switch? Honestly, I was super confident in Dane's logic behind it and Gustavo. Everyone on our team is so well-disciplined and we all play the same game, basically. So whenever he moved me from Tina to Julia or if he had moved me with anyone else, I was super confident that we'd still be able to be a super strong team. And I know that a lot of people looking from the outside in were probably like, you guys won with that lineup every time. Why would you switch it? But I think Dane's decision to make that switch shows how gutsy he was and how methodical he was in what he wanted to do with the lineup because it didn't work as well at Pac-12s. But as soon as everyone got their groove, we saw how dominant it could be at Nationals. Enjoy. You're a captain and you're not affected directly by that, but you can maybe speak for what was the team thinking because that's a drastic move for a team that's doing really well. Yes, I think honestly, the team has a really great mindset about switches like this. It doesn't matter who's to your left. It doesn't matter who's to your right. There's one goal. The goal is to win. And it doesn't matter who's next to you. And everybody on the whole team has that same goal. So if everybody does exactly what they're supposed to do and works towards that goal together, it doesn't matter who you're on the court with. I was with Delaney the entire time, which was great. And we just had the same mindset of just, we can get one point on our court. We don't care what's going on on three, two, and one. Hope they're doing great, but we need to focus on what we can do to help the team get a point on the board. After dropping to number two in the country with that split against Florida State and LSU, you reclaimed the top ranking after beating then number one UCLA on April 17th in San Luis Obispo. But then going into the Pac-12 championship, At number one, you lose twice to UCLA on that weekend, and you enter the NCAA championship as a number two seed. So after losing Pac-12, I know that had to hurt, but knowing that you had the NCAA championship still ahead of you and you're going in as the number two team in the country, what was the mood entering the NCAA championship? Well, nobody likes to lose, so (laughs) nobody was happy losing. I think some of the more experienced players like Sammy and myself we're telling people we had a lot of like very young <laughs> underclassmen on the team and we had to remind them that this is just Pac-12s. I told them in a week, you're not even going to remember this. I promise you, you won't even remember. I remember talking to the Norse twins. I told them a thousand times. I was like, this is Pac-12s. This does not matter in the grand scheme of things. This is just a battle. We still have a war ahead of us. So don't let it affect you too much. You wake up tomorrow and it's game on for finals. Yeah, it was actually super interesting because It was kind of this season was a flip of 2019 when we won Pac-12s at home, went into nationals ranked number one, and then lost to UCLA in the finals. So when we lost to UCLA at Pac-12s, I lost my match. I didn't have my best tournament. I honestly took it as a moment. I was like, okay, yeah, like Joy says, you lose the battle, you try to win the wars. I was like, this is a chance for me to look back at my film, get better, change my mindset, and just kind of gave me, and I think the whole team, just some fuel to the fire to go into nationals guns blazing to prove that we were the number one team. So in Gulf Shores, Alabama, you begin by taking out Cal Poly, follow that up with Florida State, and then Loyola Marymount to advance through the winner's bracket to the final. The Bruins go through the loser's bracket to come back and get into that national title final match, and you beat the Bruins 3-1 for the third NCAA title in USC history, fourth national championship It's the 131st national title won in all sports by USC. And USC women have added a couple since then in 
women's water polo and women's track and field. So now that number's up to 133. Obviously, it was the first national title for you, Sammy. It was the second one for you, Joy. So I would like Joy to compare the differences maybe between being there as a freshman in 2017 and now as a graduate student winning one on her way out. So we'll start with Joy. I think the biggest difference was the nerves. My freshman year, you couldn't get me to sit still. I was walking, I was shaking. I, I didn't know what to do. I was like so panicky. And then this year I was so completely calm. I knew exactly what I was doing. I'd been there before. I'd been in this position before. And I just like took one deep breath. I mean, you can't help but have these feelings of nervousness, but I kind of channeled them just into excitement and kind of aggression in my play. And it just ended up working out, thankfully. But I mean, it also was just like an emotional moment because I'm done, done. Like I was like, this is it. This is the last couple of plays that I will ever play in beach volleyball. So I might as well go out on a high note. I might as well give out my 100% no matter the outcome, because this is the last memory that I will have on the sand in Gulf Shores. Sammy, you were the title clinching duel. You and Julia were the ones that clinched it while Joy was still in the third set of her match. So what is it like to be the match that clinches a national championship? Yeah, it was honestly like unreal because our first set was extremely tight. We kind of came from behind at the last minute. So going into that second set, me and Julia were super fired up. We're like, let's do this thing. And as soon as the ones team won to give us a 2-1 lead on UCLA and we had kind of been rolling in the second set, that was like the first time I started to feel like a little shaky nerves going in. And it was like a 15-20 switch. And I looked to my coach and I was like, where should I serve the ball? He's like, just serve the right side or super tough. I was like, okay, cool. I like served the ball. I thought I served it out because of the way it hit my hand. My coach even said he put like misserve on his clipboard. And then all of a sudden I like look at Julia and then like I look at our team and I'm like, oh my gosh, like the amount of, I don't think I've ever had that many emotions ever before. And just being on the bottom of the dog pile and looking up and being like, we really did that. It was just like a moment of, I will never forget how just crazy that feeling was. And Joy, you and Delaney are on another court and you've got to hear the sound of the horn and then you start running over to join that dog pile. What are the emotions for you as you know you're playing? And like you said, you're trying to keep it separate and you're concentrating on your match, but obviously it's getting down to the end there. So what was going through your head when that title clinching moment happened? I remember we just came out of a technical or a timeout, I think, and I couldn't help it. I had to look. I looked at the board. (laughs) I cheated a little bit. I looked at the board and I saw how close Sammy was. And I almost started crying because I knew that we were so close. And like Sammy said, there's so many emotions that come with it. And like, I'm about to cry right now. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe it's the long work day, but there's so many emotions that come with it. And I remember hearing Delaney she goes, joy, joy, joy. And I was like, what? Like, what What could it be, Delaney? <laughs> and she was like, we won, we won. And she just takes off in a full sprint. I beat her, by the way. I came, came from behind, laughed. <laughs> just throwing her. that in there. Just throwing yeah, that just, in there. No, it's fine. But <laughs> I suddenly became a track star and I was on the move. And the entire time I was just crying because I was, it's like, there's no feeling in the world that will ever compare to that because you know how much work you put into that you know the late nights staying up doing homework that you couldn't get done because you had so much practice all the social life you don't have all kinds of stuff you miss out on and how much work you put into it and then it's all you get to see it 
all the reward all at once. And I got to the dog pile and I looked at Sammy on the bottom. I looked around and I saw the coaching staff just crying and I started crying. I said to one of the coaches that I don't think like the birth of my first child is going to compare to this moment. <laughs> it was such a great experience. So this is going to be an interesting question, I think, for you guys to maybe think critically a little bit about the course of the season. But without those midseason changes, do you still think you would have won a national title or was it those changes that really pushed you guys over the top? I think we still could have done it just because our team is so locked in from top to bottom and everyone has such a winning mindset. But I think those changes and once we allowed them to kind of form and become really strong partnerships, it kind of allowed us to thrive one through five, which is why at nationals, like we had so many super, super close sets, even though we won all of them, either three or three, one, there were some that went like 29, 27, 30, 28, like insane matches. And I don't know if we would have pulled out those super tight sets had we not had that change mid season. I agree with you, Sammy. There you go. So. Coach Blanton getting a little notch in his belt with that move there. And so, of course, being national champions, being as successful as you were, a lot of postseason honors for the team. The number one pair of Tina Gradina and Megan Kraft, first team All-Americans from the AVCA, the Pac-12 pair of the year. Sammy, you and Julia Scholes were second team AVCA All-Americans, and all four of you were named to the Pac-12 first team All-Conference. And Megan Kraft, the third USC freshman to become an All-American. Sammy, you're the seventh two-time All-American for USC. Tina's the third to become a three-time All-American. Obviously, both top pairs were also on the NCAA All-Tournament team. Tina's the Pac-12 Player of the Year. Megan's the Pac-12 Freshman of the Year. Haley Harward's on the Pac-12 second team. Delaney Maple is on the All-Freshman team with Megan Kraft. I mean, the list goes on and on, it seems. but Sammy, what does it mean to you to be now a two-time All-American? It's amazing to get those awards. And like, it's cool for myself. But like what Dane always says, when we get these ABCA pair of the week or Pac-12 pair of the week, it's really a reflection of the team and the team's work. Because everyone's out there showing up every day, working their best, making everyone on the team better. And we only get those awards when the whole team performs well. And it can't be one player, or one team, or even two teams that wins a championship. It takes the entire team, the entire staff. So just to be able to get those honors for the team and really it shows how much hard work and dedication went into that championship. Now, with all of those honors I mentioned, somehow Dane Blanton doesn't win a Coach of the Year award from the AVCA, from the Pac-12, from anybody. So what are your feelings about that? I talked with Dane on the previous episode of the podcast when he was on as a guest, and he gave a very diplomatic response about how it's a subjective award, which is true. But I told him that he should have won, and I want to hear what you guys think. I think we definitely agree with you. I think he should have won. But maybe we're just saying that because he's on our our team. I mean, I think if people understood how much he was there for us, not only as a coach, but as a mentor, as a friend, as someone that we could go to at any point, I'm done. I'm retired. And I still consider Dane to be one of my friends. He still makes sure that I'm doing well. I'm now working. He wanted to make sure that I was adjusting well. Like, Dane is a really cool guy. And he's a great coach. If people were able to see the ins and outs of how he operated, I think he would have gotten it. But that's just my (laughs) opinion. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with Joy. Like, not only is Dane an amazing coach technically, and just with his accomplishments, but he makes sure to make showing up every day for practice 
fun and like a very enjoyable environment to be in. Like he knows when we should take things seriously, but he knows when to joke around. And he's honestly like reached out to me multiple times after nationals, just being like, how are you doing? Congrats on whatever's going on, which is so much more than what a coach is expected to be. But he makes sure to be someone that we can turn to. And yeah, like Joy said, a friend, but also a coach. I told him basically that, you know, it seems as if he got hurt by the fact, like you see this in other sports too, where a team that has all the talent and is expected to do big things, the coach doesn't get the respect that they deserve, maybe like a Phil Jackson for the Lakers and Bulls all those years. He didn't win coach of the year a lot because they just expected them to win. And I said that, well, then why were you guys ranked fourth to begin the season? If you were the best team in the country, you should have been ranked first. And then maybe he shouldn't win the coach of the year. But you guys were ranked fourth and you end up winning it all. I don't want to get on my soapbox too much. I know that Dane Blanton can fend for himself. So let's just say that he should have won. That's all. We'll leave it at that. So again, you're listening to the Everything USC podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I am your host, Nara Wang, joined today by two of the national championship members of the USC Women's Beach Volleyball team, Sammy Slater and Joy Dennis. And of course, if you enjoy it, you can listen to this podcast wherever you get your favorite podcasts. That's iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, and more. Or go to the website, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media, at Believe Podcasts. You can find me on Twitter, at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Follow me there for all your USC and other sports insights. And Joy Dennis and Sammy Slater, where do the people catch up with you? You can catch up with me on Instagram at joydennis underscore. And you can catch up with me on Instagram as well at Sammy underscore Slater 9. And if you want to catch up with USC Beach Volleyball, you can follow them on Instagram as well at USC Beach Volleyball. This is Dane Bland, Olympic gold medalist and head coach of the USC Women's Beach Volleyball team. And you're listening to the Everything USC podcast with Nara Wang on the Believe Podcast Network. Now, as we always do, it's time to look ahead to the future and think about what's coming up in 2022. Obviously, a lot of the team is returning, but Joy, you have graduated and you will be moving on to the next phase in your life. We'll get into that in a little bit here, but Haley Hallgren is also moving on to grad school at Michigan, so she's going to be playing indoor there, it looks like. So who are you expecting to step into maybe a bigger role next season that we maybe didn't really see this season or was kind of in the background? And I think both of you can answer it, even though, Joy, you are now maybe looking at it as an outside observer, but I'd like to hear both of your opinions on that. Sammy. Sammy's the captain now. I told her that from the day I thought our season was over two years ago when I was captain and I thought that there was no chance I could come back. I said, Sammy, this is your team. I'm done. But surprise, I came back. But, <laughs> but now officially, Sammy, it's all you, girl. I'm out. <laughs> so what do you think, Sammy? What's going to happen next year? I would love to step into more a captain role like Joy and Haley were in this year. They definitely showed we've had so many great captains on this team. And I've been here next year will be my fifth year. So I kind of know the ins and outs and feel like I can help lead this team to hopefully another championship so I can end my career like Joy did and be able to go out with a championship. But also we have so many other great leaders, like we got Tina, and then we have Julia Scholes and Haley Harward, who are a little bit newer to the program, but have a lot of leadership qualities. And then in terms of 
since we're losing a few starters, our sixes, sevens, eights team was always working super hard. And I think they'll step in in a really big role next year. So I'm super excited to see where this program goes. And what do you know about any of the incoming athletes who will be joining the team? I don't know any of the freshmen too well. One girl on our team, her little cousin's coming in. So I've met her a few times. And then we have a few transfers from other Pac-12 schools coming, which I'm super excited about to get some other people from different programs and see what they can bring as players and just in terms of leadership as well. And some news, Julia Scholes and Megan Kraft were named to the 2021 U.S. Collegiate Beach National Team by USA Volleyball back on June 3rd. So congrats to them. They'll be doing training sessions out in Huntington Beach later this month. And the head coach of that team is the LMU head coach, John Mayer. So we'll see how that helps them in their offseason training program. And then, of course, the Tokyo Olympics that were delayed from 2020 will be hopefully taking place this year. And the Trojans are going to be well represented in beach volleyball. You've got Tina Gradina, your teammate, representing Latvia. And then April Ross will be going to her third straight Olympics, looking still for her first gold. Her partner is Alex Kleinman. And Kelly Clays is going to be in her first Olympics with Sarah Sponsel. So I'm sure you'll both be watching. And I'm guessing that you probably want those three teams to be the medal winners. But here's the key thing. What order do you want those medals to be in for those three teams? Oh, that's kind of <laughs> tough. I got it. Ooh, okay. This is going to get me in trouble. I got to put Tina at number one. I need Tina to win. I love Tina with my entire heart and soul. And I remember when she qualified, I was watching it. It was like four in the morning. I was watching it and I was crying. I was so excited. I called her. I was like, Tina, Tina, we did it. There was no we. I don't know why. <laughs> like I had some kind of like, we did it, girl. We're going. But no, I was I was not going. But I've got I got to put Tina up there at number one. Sammy. Yeah. Tina's like been one of my best friends. Like we came in together at USC. I remember meeting her on my like visit senior year of high school. And I was like, this chick's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. Tina just, yeah, I've been watching her like ever since we left nationals and I'll just text her and be like, oh my gosh, she looked amazing out there. Watching her play like Joyce said literally gives me goosebumps because she's so athletic and so dominant, but she's like, if you know her, she's like the nicest, kindest, sweetest person. And I think she deserves to do super well at the Olympics. What do you expect to see out of the Olympics? Obviously, it's going to be weird with no foreign crowds, like family can't even go over there and watch it. So you might have some Japanese crowds, but even they seem to be kind of a little bit on the fence about whether they want the Olympics to happen. And so is it something, in your opinion, that should happen? Or is it just that as athletes, you would just want to compete no matter what? As an athlete, I would want to compete no matter what. I don't really care about the circumstances. I would just, especially something like the Olympics, I couldn't even imagine getting to that level. And then someone saying, oh, no, I couldn't imagine. I would want to compete no matter what, because it is such a special experience. Even as a fan, I'm like, let them play <laughs> because I want to watch. But yeah, I say, I say let them play. But it'll definitely be interesting to see. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Especially considering that all these athletes kind of got their worlds shattered last year with the Olympics getting canceled. I feel like Japan and the Olympic committee has been doing a lot to get like a good infrastructure set in place. That's super safe. And with a lot of vaccinations going on worldwide, I feel like they could do it in a way that's safe for the athletes, but also gives them the opportunity to compete for their country. 
way better set than me. Nicely done. <laughs> so we will look forward to watching our Trojans competing in the Olympics. Obviously, USC is well known for its Olympic history in not just beach volleyball, but all sports. And we'll see how we will be doing there. And so, Sammy, we know you're coming back to the team. And maybe, as Joy said, you're going to take over the mantle as the captain. But, Joy, you are now moving on to the next phase in your life. And so, what is in the future now for Joy Dennis? The future is now. I just got done with my nine to five. I work at Anderson Tax. I'm in the HR department working in recruiting. And it's actually really fun because an alumni that used to play on the beach volleyball team, her name is Katie Fuller. She's on my team for the recruitment department. So she played, I think, right when beach volleyball became like beach volleyball at USC. And she won under Anna Collier. And then she served as our compliance officer for many years. So I have a great relationship with her. But I just got off a call with her like a couple of minutes before we started this interview. But it's so great. You could see the Trojan family really working. It's not just something that we say. It's really something that's real because without her, I wouldn't have this job. So is volleyball still going to be in your future in some way, though? Oh, it'll always be in my future. You can't kick it. I mean, it's like it stays with you forever. I mean, not in a professional manner by no means. But definitely, I would play in some tournaments. I would play with my friends for fun. I would definitely attend all the matches. I mean, what? I'll have to be there. It's something that kind of stays with you. It's like when you go down to Manhattan Beach and you see like all the 60-year-old guys like down there playing and you know that they've been there forever. I think I'll end up being like one of them. (laughs) (laughs) That leads me to this before I let you guys go. Join Sammy. You were never paired together for matches as Trojans. But obviously, your friends, did you ever want to play together? We never played for USC because our problem is Sammy likes to joke. And I, <laughs> I can't stop laughing. And we can't lock it down for a second. I mean, we'd probably, in theory, be great. We'd probably be great. But if she did one and made some weird noise, it's done. We count that as a loss for the team. <laughs> for that yeah, we like played together some in like the fall preseason tournaments they'd pair us together and the coaches would be like this isn't gonna work there's just they no separating us they wouldn't even let yeah. us <laughs> they were like separate joy and sammy because the whole time we were like yeah. <laughs> little children <laughs> but we like to keep it fun you know <laughs> but they like to keep the fun spread it out throughout the course <laughs> so, not too so, much fun. so it's too much fun that was gonna be the weakness of the slater dennis pairing is that it's just too much fun yeah that's yeah saying i don't know because I, I was gonna ask you guys for the scouting report on what the pairing would look like so i think you've given me the weaknesses is that you're having too much fun you're laughing too much so that's gonna cause a rift in the actual play on the beach that's what you're saying yeah yeah I think so. other than that we'd be Probably at the Olympic, right, Sammy? Oh, 100%. I don't know. It'll flaw. We get a late bid. (laughs) There you go. There's always 2024 to look forward to, right? Oh, exactly. So it's a matter of retirement. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Corporate desk. (laughs) Well, it's been a joy and a thrill to talk to both Joy Dennis and Sammy Slater today on the Everything USC podcast. So I'm going to give you guys the final word. Anything you guys want to say out there to all the Trojan fans or what we should look forward to for next year, anything you want to say, this is your time. 
I just want to say thanks for an incredible five years. I think they're the best five years that I'll ever have in my entire life. And thank you for the support and fight on, of course. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for the support from all SC fans. It feels like such a family and I wouldn't have wanted to spend my undergrad there and do another year of master's. It's like a dream come true. I get to do one more year. And yes, fight on, like Joy said. You can tell we love USC because we keep coming back for more degrees. Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Great to talk to you. And so for my guests, USC Women's Beach Volleyball National Champions, Sammy Slater and Joy Dennis, I'm Nara Wang. Thanks for joining us for episode 31 of the Everything USC podcast presented by Bet Online on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with the show for every team in LA and much more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? And as I end every show, please remember to fight on. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.